the Sports on Point Weekly Rewind, a week in review with Matt Smith and Bob Williams. Let's back it up. It's now time for This Week in Sports. This is a section where we cover the top shared stories on the internet from every day of the past week, and our hosts give a short comment on each of the days. Starting off with Wednesday, Jets plan to let Antonio Cromartie walk. This from Pro Football Talk. Matt? Yeah, letting Cromartie go doesn't really make a lot of sense unless you consider that the Jets have a chance of landing Namde Asamuga. Asamuga. Asiago. We'll go with one of those. Uh, this past year, uh, Cromartie actually had a better season than Darrell Rivas and actually got paired up against the number one receivers several times throughout the season, including you know Randy Moss when they when they played against the uh, the team that had him, the Patriots, including Randy Moss when they played against the Patriots or the Titans. Or the Titans. I don't think they played against the Titans, did they? Didn't they? I don't know. And didn't, maybe they didn't. Or maybe Minnesota. I don't know. I remember Randy being in like three Monday nights in a row. Either way, you still got to remember that Antonio Cromartie was an absolute beast back in 2000, 2007 when he played for the Chargers. And in 2008-2009, he, he was much less effective. And I don't think it would be uh, too bright of the New York Jets if they put a whole lot of stock in him continuing his performance. It seems like he likes to flash onto the scene and then disappear into obscurity. And, and I think at, at this point in his career, the best thing is probably to be put up with a, a guy who is strong like a Re- Revis. Um, hopefully, you know, wherever he does land, if they do cut him, that, hey, there's someone else there. He's not the number one guy. He's not a go-to guy. Uh, hopefully, also for the Jets, that their plan works in uh, Mr. Asamuga or whatever uh, does end up uh, playing there. If not, they might, you know, look for another free agent or go into the draft for a cornerback. Also from Wednesday, Lance Armstrong is retiring from cycling. Bob? This seems a little like Brett Farvish almost in the fact that he hasn't really... Did he cycle last year? He cycled in the tour. Okay, he cycled in the tour, didn't do much uh, after he previously retired, I think. Yep. And, uh, you know, hey, he, he didn't have it, whether whether you go back to the whole fact that you think he was to- uh, toasting. <laughs> Doping. <laughs> Or not. Toasting. A lot of people knew we were getting married this year. (laughs) If he was doping or not, you know, it's at the end of his career. Why not move on? Keep going with the the Live Strong campaign. Yeah, he he says that he's kind of stepping aside so that he can devote more of his time and attention to his family and business ventures. But I, I think you mentioned it, the doping. I think that has a lot more to do with the reason that he wants to fade away more than anything else. Because I know there was an article not too long ago on Sports Illustrated about uh, about him and his alleged doping or toasting, whatever you want to call it. I like toasting, sorry. And uh, and it was it was pretty scathing. They had a lot of details, a lot of good information, and I think that... Um, I think that Lance Armstrong is playing the rats leaving a sinking ship card and trying to hopefully disappear before his name gets discredited too much. On Thursday, Los Angeles Lakers unveil a Jerry West statue at Staples Center. Mr. Smith. And of course, this just in time for the all-star festivities in Los Angeles. Um, the Lakers introduced the statue of Mr. Clutch, as he was known. Uh, Jerry West was actually a little bit disappointed at the unveiling that the pose that they chose was a dribbling pose instead of his signature jump shot. But for all the more success that West had in L.A., could have just as easily been a pose of him signing papers like in 2000, or like in 96 when he's signing the draft rights to Kobe Bryant or the 
free agent contract to Shaquille O'Neal. Anyway, you look at it, Jerry West has had an effect on the Lakers organization more than anybody else has ever had on that team, and it's about time they gave him a statue. Yeah, it's funny that you talk about him deserving one. Uh, Staples Arena, I believe, already has a Magic Johnson statue out there. Hey, I already have a Magic Johnson myself. Wow. I got the Magic Johnson. You better be all right, yeah, so Magic has his own statue out there, so it's it's about time that West comes in and gets a statue, whether it be dribbling or shooting. He should just be happy to have one. I would like a gold statue. Interesting side note on Jerry West in Los Angeles. Kid came from um, West Virginia and was like a total hick when he, got, uh, when he, when he moved to L.A., and I, there's a part of me that kind of wonders if maybe his, uh, his appearance in the public spotlight in the 60s was uh, maybe part of the inspiration for the Beverly Hillbillies. Just throwing it out there, maybe. Also on Thursday, Auburn tree poisoning suspect was arrested. All right, we talk about sports rivalries all the time. I, I know up here where we live, it's uh, all about Ohio State, Michigan. Down south, there is Auburn, Alabama. Uh, what this actually involves is a 62-year-old man, uh, an Alabama fan, actually went on campus of Auburn and decided to uh, poison some of their uh, historic trees that, you know, are, are just off campus. And it, it's kind of funny because this guy has a $50,000 bond on a mischief charge. Wow. So uh, <laughs> it's always funny to just see different rivalries and how people react. The other thing that I, th- that I thought was pretty striking about the story is the fact that the, uh, the suspect in this case um, apparently called into an Alabama sports radio station talk show and bragged about what he did. And um, I, if I remember correctly, I think the host of the show was even kind of, dude, you did what? Seriously, you poisoned a 160-year-old tree. That's kind of messed up. But apparently no remorse on his side. And uh, I, I, I don't even think he's going to fight this too strongly. I think uh, this guy's going to go away to jail for quite some time all over a stupid stupid little football rivalry in a that's retarded tree there's good natured ribbing there's good nature that's retarded <laughs> let's go take that's like why don't we just drown a sea wait you can't drown a sea turtle well you probably could but 160 year old sea turtle let's break its neck <laughs> yeah that'll be fun what a moron anyway on Friday, Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban creates company to challenge BCS system. Yep, this is uh, Mark Cuban making good on his promise that he made late last year to uh, basically keep the BCS on its heels and, and hopefully eventually put together a playoff system for college football. The new company that he started, Radical Football is what it's called. It's going to be um, designed to make profit, make it profitable for teams to play in the playoff system that he's going to develop. In fact, more profitable than it would be to play in the BCS games. My only concern really with that type of an approach is, I think based on the traditionary, the traditionary, Based on the tradition that's deeply established in a lot of the schools that he would try to lure to his uh, to his playoff, I think it might take a few years. And if he really is doling out a lot of money, then he may run out of money before he accomplishes his goals. But um, ultimately, it could be at least good at stirring the pot, especially if he starts winning tournaments or if he starts holding tournaments that are won like won by teams like Boise State or TCU. So it seems like. Just based on that, he might be creating more controversy than what it really needs to be. Uh, 
it'll be interesting to see how much he does keep with this. They say they have a lone single employee outside of uh, Cuban himself. I don't know if I like the name Radical Football. It reminds me too much of XFL, and it seems like he and uh, Vince McMahon sat down and talked about how to name our, our ideas. Um, as long as he keeps an idea out there and hopefully gets more people, not teams, more people, decision makers in the uh, NCAA ranks behind him, that that's where he needs to go, not just become the NIT for football. Also on Friday, Indianapolis Colts released two-time Pro Bowl safety Bob Sanders. Bob. Bob? Bob. Bob. Bob Sanders. Down on the farm. Wait, that's Bob Evans. <laughs> uh, wow. This is actually not too big of a surprise. Unfortunately for Bob Sanders, he's been hurt uh, two, maybe three out of the last you know, few years. So it, at this point, cutting dead weight. Yeah, sure. I think uh, I think the only part about it that really makes it surprising at all is the the statement had been made on several occasions that Bob Sanders was really the quarterback of the defense, and um, as as he came and left, so did the defense. They they were significantly better against the run with Sanders in the lineup than they were without him. So letting him go seems a bit like a bold move, but ultimately, if the guy is not on the field, then you can't have him occupying roster space. And you can't have him counting against your salary cap. So releasing him is the right move. But then again, I would not be surprised if he ends up re-signing with the Colts for less money. On Saturday, Blake Griffin leaps car when slam dunk contest over JaVale McGee. This year's slam dunk contest was interesting. I'd have to say it was probably, of all the dunk contests I've seen, one of the most impressive just from a pure dunking standpoint. Sure, there was some props and some goofiness, but uh, the the performances by Serge Ibaka, DeMar DeRozan, JaVale McGee, and Blake Griffin were all pretty impressive. I have to say, from my personal opinion, I thought the judging in this, turn, in this contest was terrible. Um, when one of your judges is... Dr. J, who once got a perfect score from jumping with his heel on the free throw line and dunking it, and Serge Ibaka jumps with his toe on the free throw line and performs a cleaner dunk, and you give him a 45 out of 50? I don't know. Something's got to change. they got to have a more standardized scoring system, I think. Chewbacca was there? Yes. Serge Chewbacca? They knighted him? Yes. Serge Ibaka. Oh, I thought you were saying Serge Chewbacca. Serge Chewbacca. Yeah, we all failed at that. <laughs> but yeah, it, 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 I, I don't think that, uh, you know, it, you're playing it up trying to see who can pretty much entertain you the most at this point. You know, there's there's not too much technicality still left in this because every dunk's been done almost. You know, you're, you're seeing this progression where it's becoming more of a show, whether it be Superman or Kryptonite. Or I'm jumping over a car now, uh, Blake Griffin. You're kind of seeing this going away from the old school tradition because it's almost played out. They need a new new ideas, and, and this is where they're going. So I, I don't know how I feel about this yet. We'll see how if it continues this way or if they go back more of an old school feel next year. I'd just like to see a no prop rule. That'd be nice. No props. I don't see it, especially, see especially with how, how, how much Twitter blew up after Blake Griffin with the car. Yeah. Also on Saturday, spring training 2011, Michael Young reports to Texas Rangers on time after trade request goes unfulfilled. 
Yeah, unfortunately for Michael Young, uh, he's 34. Yeah, he's been with the Rangers for his entire career, or at least major league career. And they're sort of asking him to, to do a little bit of a super utility rule down there, which will help Texas in the long run and probably not be too big on his ego. I know he was talking, as the article says, that he might not show up. Good for him that he did. And, you know, maybe if things go well for him, he sees the increased playing time or Texas goes down the tubes and he gets traded out and gets to somewhere where he wants to be playing a full-time third base position. But at 34, you're quickly going down the, the slippery slope that is the uh, end of your career, uh, especially since Michael Young has sort of been off again, on again, injured. So we'll, we'll see how, how that goes for him. Yeah, he's definitely reaching the point in his career where if he doesn't have the bat um, to, to, to justify his being on a team, then, then moving him to the outfield or to a DH position um, is, is definitely going to be a way to go for him in the future. But if he doesn't have the bat for it, which I don't know that he does at this point, he's, um, he's probably going to find himself being shuffled around a little bit later on in his career. What I'm confused by is why he wanted to speed that process up with his trade demand that he made. Um, I, I, there's a part of me that wonders, I don't know if anybody saw, but there was a nice little viral video floating around YouTube of a three-year-old little boy from Texas who very sadly dumps off his Texas Rangers hat and pouts into his bowl of cereal when his mom tells him that Michael Young has requested a trade. And Pretty powerful stuff. I know if that was my kid, I would have been signing the contract extension right then and there, revoking my trade request because uh, that stuff's hard to watch sometimes. On Sunday, Detroit Lions busted for tampering will lose draft pick. Yeah, Yeah, it's pretty important to remember, um, especially when you are a member of the management or coaching staff of an NFL team, that if you plan on signing a player who is currently under another team's contract, that's fine. You just don't want to go running your mouth to the local newspaper about it. That's exactly what uh, the Lions defensive coordinator Gunther Cunningham did. He, of course, was the former defensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, and he got hired by the Lions last year and ran his mouth about hopefully picking up some of the players. Gunther, what you doing? Pretty much. Pretty much. I just, I, I'm a little sad that this couldn't have happened when Matt Millen was running the team because then he wouldn't have had that horrible string of drafting wide receiver after wide receiver after wide receiver all those years. Actually, it's Matt Millen. He still would have. True. Because it's a late round pick. Late round pick, yeah. Because what they're doing is they're swapping fifth round picks between the Lions and the Chiefs, and then the Lions are giving up their, their seventh round pick. So honestly, not really that big of a deal other than the fact that he should have known better. Also on Sunday, Sacramento Kings exploring relocation to Anaheim. Bob. Oh, you Mr. Maloof brothers. First you hear about Las Vegas. Well, that seems to not really go over too well. Have trouble getting in there. Financing. And that's that's what this really is all about, is financing. Sacramento itself uh, has not really been put up any money for the new stadium that they're requesting, so... Why not move down the road and use the Honda Center that's already there? It wouldn't be too bad, and it wouldn't be the first time that Sacramento's moved. They are one of the two uh, actual organizations in the NBA that has moved the most. So why not? It, it makes sense. They won't completely alienate their fan base. I don't know. Anaheim is just way too close to L.A. for my taste. 
If I'm moving an organization, the last thing I want to do is park myself right next to the only city in the entire country that already has two NBA teams. I mean, sure, if you wanted to move them to Chicago, if you wanted to move them to New York, well, even New York's a little bit questionable with the Nets right across the river there. But um, I don't know. I, I If I'm the Maloofs and I can't get it to Las, Ange- or Las Vegas, which is where I definitely want to go as um, you know the owners of uh, a casino or two out there that if I can't go there, I'm, I, I got to think that Seattle has got to be the next best option. They have been a great city with a great fan base, and I think that they are really, really, really hungry for a new basketball team up in Seattle, much like the fans of Northeastern Ohio were hungry when the Browns left. I can, I can, I can totally see that, and, and if they do, for some reason, move to Anaheim, you could see either New Orleans or maybe even the Clippers. Because you know Donald Sterling wouldn't be happy at that. If he sees an opportunity to make money moving to Seattle, he might do it. Who knows? On Monday, New York Knicks complete deal for Carmelo Anthony. This is awesome. This is great news. I absolutely love the fact that they made this trade, not because I think it's great for the NBA or for either one of these teams, but because now, after this week, we can finally stop talking about where Carmelo's going to go. Yay! Yay! Melodrama over. But, uh, you know, all that being said, with the actual trade that was made, I really, really have to wonder about what the Knicks are trying to do here. Um, It seems like they've sold their GM, Donnie Walsh, uh, sold him out for the benefit of Isaiah Thomas, who was already flunked out in this exact organization, not just the league. And um, it, it kind of seems to me like they've mortgaged their future with this trade. Yeah, it, it seems very particular. Uh, we know Denver wanted him to be moved no matter what. So, hey, look, he might have gone to New Jersey, and New Jersey wanted him to have some sort of extension in place, which he pretty much was dead set on going to New York. So it seems like they were giving up stuff that they could have possibly gotten in the offseason for free so yeah hey look they got what they wanted but it seems like when you're giving up three four working pieces yeah you're getting Chauncey Billups back he's definitely been a little bit more playoff tested than Raymond Felton has but he's also a 34 year old point guard it's going to be a a wish wash either way you look at it but Ronaldo Balkman Sheldon Williams really, really aren't too that too great. So I think it might have mortgaged, like you said, they mortgaged a little bit of their future. Also on Monday, 2011 spring training, Cleveland Indians put the first woman on Major League Mound for batting practice. Bob. Yes, but hey, this isn't the first time that she's done something like this. Uh, I believe she was also in an independent league doing either an actual game or, or uh, practice or something of that sort. So it, it's not the first time that she's been in the, the mound. Uh, she's also been a, a coach for male sports, uh, what, I think college and, another again, an, another independent league. So this is kind of cool. She's 34, so she has no really hopes at this point except, hey, look, I, I, I had this achievement. And I, I guess she was talking about how she needed to use her curveball because she isn't, doesn't got that, that oomph to get 70 miles per hour back on the uh, the ball. So, Well, let's face it. Batting practice, you're not exactly trying to strike anybody out. 
Um, if, you, if, if you were, they wouldn't be using you in batting practice anymore. But, uh, hey, it's a cool story. You know, the, uh, the, the local girl who I believe she lives in Massachusetts now but grew up in Cleveland got a chance to throw out batting practice pitches for the uh, team she grew up uh, idolizing, specifically uh, Oral Hershiser from the, from the Indians. So uh, I, I don't know that Oral Hershiser ever pitched any uh, batting practice pitches for the Indians, so she's got him one up there maybe, just a little or not. Okay. Justine Siegel was her name, by the way, just in case anybody didn't capture that story. On Tuesday, sports fans could soon tune into the NBA and NHL games live on YouTube. This is this is kind of a big deal. I mean, um, we, we've talked about it in the past with MMA moving to Roku boxes and stuff like that. There's always a push, especially in the sports world, to get your content distributed in new and exciting medias. But I, I kind of wonder... Um, don't get me wrong, I would love to be watching NBA games on YouTube anywhere I am. Just pop up the Internet Explorer, head on over to YouTube, and watch whatever game I want to watch. you use Internet Explorer? Actually, no, I use Firefox. Oh, just, but you just do that for YouTube and NBA games? Everything else is, everything else is Firefox. Oh, okay, good. Okay, <laughs> carry on. You know, just go, hopping over to YouTube and watch the game. But there's a part of me that wonders what's going to happen to the NBA if they do work out this kind of deal. Because it kind of seems to me like you as a league, when you're making this type of a deal, you are kind of undermining the contracts that you've already got with places like TNT and ESPN. And I just wonder if there's going to be the same kind of money for them in the future from their television networks if they're going to be broadcasting NBA games live on YouTube. I think you hit the point right there is money. I don't know how you can do this. You mentioned TNT, you mentioned ESPN, TBS, all that fun stuff. How about the NBA League Pass? You know, that that's definitely something that the NBA themselves run, make pretty good dough on it, I would assume. And then you have this shot of free televised games. I, I'm assuming there would be some sort of premium subscription fee. There, there'd have to be something, or they, they would be losing a lot of money in that deal. I'd like to see it. Give us more choice. It's what the consumer wants, baby. Also on Tuesday, DeMar DeRozan of Toronto Raptors slams prop dunk contest. Uh, we, we, we talked about this a little little bit ago, and I, I, I'll say it again. Okay, I, I don't mind props here and there, but if it becomes a prop-ridden event, then it might be going a little bit into showy circusy for my liking. So if, if you didn't watch, um, there was a sequence that happened in the slam dunk contest where a little boy comes out of the stands and he comes over and he finds uh, Cheryl, uh, uh, Cheryl Miller, who is uh, sideline reporting, and she's very upset, very, very shaken. Cheryl Miller. Because, because he has lost his stuffed animal. Aww. And lo and behold, the stuffed animal happens to have somehow mysteriously appeared uh, dangling from a small stick attached to the front of the rim that uh, Serge Ibaka, the name of the hour, uh, so so valiantly jumped up, picked off of the rim with his teeth as he was dunking the basketball. Aww. Ew. I know, right? Like, that's, that's a sl- it's like I want my slobber invested pop. the teeth, man. You're like, <laughs> oh, it's this nice... It's like you set it up. It's a nice story. Oh, there's your... He's going to get it for you. Okay, now he just licked it. 
Plus the, fact, plus the fact that I think he actually failed on the dunk two times before he actually successfully pulled it off. So he's already got the thing off the rim, and he's like, oh, I got to put it back up there because I got to grab it there with my teeth and dunk the ball at the same time. So he's like playing with the little kid's stuffed animal. Where did he end up biting the thing at? I didn't see this. I, I, I think, think his leg. leg. I, think I think the little stuffed animal's leg. So he molested. But on, on, a, on a side, side note, note, on a side note, this kid had an epic mohawk. It was awesome. Okay, this is getting, having not seen it, it's getting worse and worse as you describe it to me. Oh, poor little kid Mohawk. What's that? What? <laughs> I'm thinking like, you know, Timmy from Lassie. He's like, oh, I lost my, my stuffed animal. Round the week off on Wednesday. New Jersey Nets near deal for Jazz, a point guard, Deron Williams. This one was straight out of left field. I don't know that there were a whole lot of people who saw this coming, and I think Deron Williams was one of them. Uh, I, I believe I saw in an interview that he uh, he was really shocked and surprised uh, to find out that he had been traded today, just like the rest of the world was. But ultimately, I think that this is a big retribution move for Mr. Prokhorov out there in New Jersey uh, as he swung and missed not once but twice on landing Carmelo Anthony. Um, he, he managed to pull himself off quite a significant consolation prize, and I honestly think a player who is better to build your team around than Carmelo Anthony will ever be. Yeah, definitely in this league right now, it's point guard first or someone who can handle the ball which unfortunately for Carmelo Anthony really hasn't been that type of player. He's been a, a guy who plays off the ball really well, is more of a, a complimentary piece, which once they put Chauncey Billups in Denver, he sort of played a little bit better with him there next to him. So for New Jersey, yeah, they get rid of Devin Harris. Okay, that's a wash. They give up Favors, right? Derek Favors. Mm-hmm. Derek and. Favors. Two first-round picks. Okay, not not a bad deal. They also have, I believe, whether it be money coming off this year with uh, Troy Murphy's deal or next year, they do have money to possibly lure a second person there. And why not? You have a, a really good, skilled, some people say the best point guard in the league there. You have a center in Brooke Lo- Lopez, who's definitely uh, one of the better younger guys in, in the league. All you need is a strong shooting guard, power forward, or small forward free agent to come there and you have a good nucleus. Not to mention the fact that you're going to be in Brooklyn in like two years. So not only that, yeah, the trade might be a little one-sided coming in or going out, whichever way you see it, but it's a good deal for for the Nets, and I think it's actually a better deal than the Carmelo one. I think moving to Brooklyn could actually be bad for him because there is incredible pizza in Brooklyn and all their players might get fat. That might actually help some of them. Look how well it worked for Baron Davis. Look, he got Griffin. <laughs> and it plays all much better. Yeah, and he got his own pizza, too, the Red Baron. Different different guy. Different. Baron Davis is not even communist. Oh. He but, could be. He plays for Donald Sterling. <laughs> and rounding the week off on Wednesday, Champ Bailey signs four-year deal with Denver Broncos. I don't know why I said that, but Champ really Bailey. excited. Champ Bailey signs four-year deal with Denver Broncos! I, I bet you Champ Bailey's really excited about this. Yeah! Uh, he, he's yeah! Like, <laughs> but we'll go real quick. 
pretty much decent deal for De- Denver just because Champ Bailey is still one of the top 10, possibly top five cornerbacks in the league. Yeah, he's at the end of his career, but why not lock him up? If he doesn't perform, they can always cut him. Yeah, he sounded actually pretty excited in the interviews that came up about the prospects for his team in Denver and thinks that uh, with new head coach John Fox and his defensive mentality that this team could really turn it around a lot faster than anybody expects. I personally see a guy who just signed a four-year contract in which none of those seasons will he even sniff the playoffs again. Sorry, champ. Yeah! (laughs) All right, dudes. This has been This Week in Sports. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please send us your suggestions on how we can improve the show and your comments to feedback at sportsonpoint.com. That's an email address. You can also call the show at 646-39-POINT, 646-397-6468. That's a phone number. You dial with your fingers, and then you talk. Leave us a message. Play it on the air! Make sure you guys tune in for episode 41 of the Sports on Point podcast coming up shortly. Uh, We'll be talking a little bit about the two blockbuster trades, Mello going to the Knicks and Deron Williams going to the Nets. And uh, we'll also throw around some ideas about what's going on with the revolving door at number one in college basketball. And I go pee-pee. This is more. Later. Later, snitches.